It's the first Christmas in a couple of years where travel is essentially back to normal, but the weather is causing all kinds of problems. Storms in Vancouver and Toronto are causing chaos across Canada. As the cost of pretty much everything continues to climb, what about your salary or your wage? Has that climbed? Should it? For our small town salute this week, we headed to Dougald to check in with Timothy's Country Butcher Shop, which has a connection to an interview that we did on Wednesday with farmer Ian Smith. We get some holiday party libation ideas and how busy is the party season at the Fort Garry Hotel and how far out of your way or what is the thing that you will go well out of your way for for something specific that you like. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 22nd podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And producer Jeff Forte back in the saddle and master control for one day only, right, buddy? One day. <laughs> No wonder you're in such a good mood. <laughs> it feels good to be back, though. I'm in a good mood just to be out of the house. Yeah. but then, And you're off tomorrow, I guess, for the in, in lieu of Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve? Is That's that... correct. <laughs> this all feels like, it feels like a scam to me. Scam. Well, what do you mean? Back to work for a day. He's just dabbling. Yeah, I'm just uh, testing the waters, seeing what's in here. It's been a while. <laughs> I already said to Brett this morning... Jay, that I had to be honest. I mean, mine's a million places. You know, I was going over the list of things I had to get done for Christmas and who who you had purchased for. And was it, did I feel good about having everything done for the kids, etc.? And so my, I'm scattered this morning. And I walked into Brett today and I said, I got to be honest. I'm I'm dabbling in the milieu of radio. <laughs> milieu. But I don't know if my brain is all here. So just you're going to have to watch for me. Like kind of like if I go for a walk, I make sure I don't trip and fall, but with my words because my brain is not I don't think it's all here. Porche. It's all right. I'm not all here as well. I know. I'm just like, I, I feel like I'm learning this for like the first time. It's uh, I what I've worked this is my fourth day of working in three weeks. Oh, boy. So uh, It's like you've come off vacation, and you know that thing, Greg, when you come back, and you really are, you have the muscle memory, but you're like, hang on, is this the button I push? Is this the, how I get into the building? Like, all the little things. Are you suggesting we're playing out the string here? Yeah. <laughs> like, this, yeah. This, is, this is how sports teams end up losing, you know, uh, ahead of their bye week. We saw the Blue Bombers do that not once, not twice, but I think all three times this year, three of their losses were were ahead of a bye week. So this is what we're, we're, we're like. This is a planned loss yeah. today and tomorrow. Well, my, my, I am <laughs> scattered. Like I feel, I woke up and there was a couple extra people. I thought, oh shoot, I haven't dropped that gift off before uh, Christmas. I want to get out to visit a loved one in Western Manitoba today. So do I have the, the is the car ready to go to take me there? And then like you know, you're bringing in gifts for pe- people that you know and love. And I don't know. I just I, that, that's where my head's at. I printed out a list at. You guys were asking about, you know, what are we to talk about at 7.45? And I was not, I was printing out Santa stuff. So, <laughs> so I stress out about I was a, just double checking how old Santa is because the kids were asking. So, oh you know, I was doing goodness. that this morning. So. Well, I get stressed about having to take an un, an unscheduled trip to Charleswood or to Headingley. And you're like talking about just making a run to Westman yeah. today? Well, my, my grandma lives out there and I want to make sure I get to her before 
Christmas because I won't necessarily plan not planning. You know, we might not be here for Christmas Day, and so you're just trying to figure that all out. And uh, sorry, I- you're going there today? Yeah, I'll go after the show. I'll just take a little drive out to to the dose. Three hours in and out. Six hours in and out. Sorry, no big deal. For a cup of coffee. I had a buddy who used to go to Kenora for haircuts, so I guess it's not entirely really? unusual. Yes. What yes. the heck? Yeah, we had that conversation about that relationship with your barber, right? Yeah. And, I mean, you, you've been going to see, it's Joe? Yeah, I just went to see Joe at Tony's Barbershop yesterday. Right? So you've been going there for how long? 20 years or something? Since I was 11. Oh, so 14 years. 30. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, my buddy Harry, uh, we used to drive to Kenora. He's like, I need a haircut. You want to go for a drive to Kenora? Yeah, sure. We'll just go for a little drive for, to Kenora, have a bite to eat, turn around, come back home. That's how I feel when I go to Transcona to get my pierogies. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're the, you live south of this. I even told my said that to my dad yesterday. Um, that you know, Loren lives south of the city, but she comes into Transcona to get pierogies from like, Savalas, really? yeah. Ukrainian Deli. What street is that on? Victoria. And it, I think yes. And I go there. <laughs> I go there. I don't know, like once a month. And I don't. It's not like the only pierogi we eat, but it, when you're having a special occasion, I love their pierogies. And so planning that for Christmas. So I went out there the other day, but went out there twice because I went out there Monday. They were closed. Went out there again Tuesday. They pick up the pierogies. They're pretty much all out of everything. Like they're just frantically churning out stuff as much as they can. Freezers were empty. Coolers were being stocked. And uh, makes you wonder where people go. Like what's the distance you'll go for your favorite thing? Whether it's the loyalty to the barber, Greg, in Kenora mm-hmm. or the pierogies in Transcona. Or maybe you go all the way to Portage for something. You know, like that one thing. Sausage yeah. maker. Where are we going today? Maybe I'll end up wanting to go to Dougald. Dougald, that's right. Small town salute. We're going to talk to uh, Timothy's Country Butcher Shop, inspired by our chat with Farmer Ian yesterday, because listener Car- Carolyn said that uh, they cure Ian's bacon. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that chat. By the way, he <laughs> he's going to be swinging by my dad's place today, Farmer Ian, after I was lamenting the fact that I <laughs> failed to take advantage of his offer for some food. Uh, so he's going to drop off a care package of bacon, eggs, I think farmer sausage and pork chops. How does dad place. get to be part of this? Because he, uh, Ian says he has to go to Transcona. Sure. So he, he just figured that would be the, the kill two birds with one stone kind of thing. Gord so. knows he can't dive in until you're there, right? Like that's a deal? <laughs> Sounds like there's going to be more than enough. So if he wants to. Oh, and you talk about scatterbrain issues. Like I went, so I, I, I ran by my, to, ran to my dad's yesterday before my haircut. But I was only there for like 20 minutes. I said, okay, I'm going to pop by, say hello, drop off some stuff, and then I'm going to go get my hair cut, and then I'm going to come back. And I got in my car, and I just mindlessly drove home. And, I, and then I look at my, at my phone. It's 2 o'clock because my haircut was at 1, and I thought, oh, my God, I forgot to go back to, <laughs> go back to dad. Your dad is sitting there, Smash Gordon sitting. Single tear. Sitting on his <laughs> recliner looking at his watch. I, I'm pretty sure Brett said he was coming back. Yes. I'll be darned if I'm saving this bacon for him now. <laughs> Doesn't even come back to visit me. Huh? You're terrible. Just a terrible son. So. It's the time of year. I think people, like, if you got a lot of, you got a list, you're checking it twice. You got a lot on your mind, and you might uh, be scatterbrained like Brett and I, or you might be willing to make that trek out somewhere. Scott says he goes to Mooseman for chicken at the Red Barn, eight hours round trip. We've gone for lunch and come home. That chicken is pretty good. <laughs> what? You know this Yeah, place? yeah. Derek Taylor and I stopped uh, for the chicken fingers on our way home from Grey Cup <laughs> in Mooseman. This is good. I'm, I'm not sure it's worth the drive, but... Well, if you had a free Saturday and you're like, what are we going to do? Yeah. I, I mean, 
typically I'm not going to Saskatchewan unless I really have to. Lee says they lived in Thompson and more than once drove to the Paw for Burger King. <laughs> Seven hours round trip. And I thought it was crazy to jump in the car and go to Nipawa for McDonald's. I don't when know if I'd the Whopper is worth it. Is the Whopper worth it? <laughs> I guess if you're really, if you got a hankering for a Whopper. Can I have that charbroiled, <laughs> infused <That's> scent? Right. <laughs> well, continue to weigh in on that. 204-780-6868. Oh, and another scatterbrain thing. I get up this. I was late, a little late for work this morning because I got up and thought, "Oh my God, I gotta wrap some presents here." So I had to wrap Loren and Greg's presents and make sure I had something for Fortier. So yours yeah. isn't even wrapped. It's like I in a care. card. I don't care. And it's a terrible card. I know it's like what? I deliberately went out of my way to find the worst greeting card the store could have. <laughs> okay, well I don't have a card for you, but I did. I did a t- terrible job at wrapping your present. Uh, that looks pretty good. The card's a waste of time. No. I uh-uh. think. Uh-uh. No, no, you like the card. Yep. Okay, well, I you can convey feelings in a card. I like that Brett hates the card because his card is truly awful. <laughs> okay, I look forward to seeing that. We were talking about travel woes in Vancouver, so that's big problems out west. And now, Greg, we were sort of suspecting maybe we would have problems this weekend out east, and it looks like that is coming to fruition. Yeah, it's already started. If you go to torontopearson.com, I'm on the website there and managing and looking at the departures here, and there are uh, several cancelled flights, including one to Vancouver, several to Sun destinations, which have been cancelled, and several delayed flights already this morning. The first Winnipeg flight that I came across, though, uh, is uh, at this point in time at 7.25 on Flair Airlines, uh, they say that's operating on time. So, uh, yeah, if you are going absolutely anywhere, I would suggest that you not only check out the Winnipeg Airport uh, website, but also uh, uh, Toronto as well. And there's another website that I can tell you about. It's called flightaware.com. And if you put in your flight number, it will tell you exactly where the originating aircraft, because it may be on a different flight, it'll tell you exactly where the airplane that you're supposed to be on is at any given time. Basically, if you're heading out of Winnipeg by car or by plane, I think you're going to want to take a look at a lot of things. The Winnipeg Airport Authority website right now, actually two flights that were supposed to go to Toronto this morning. One was supposed to leave at 510. It's still marked um, as delayed. Uh, another one that was supposed to leave at 510 was is cancelled, and so there's going to be some issues. Just double-check, as Greg says, and same goes for the roads. Things looking okay in Manitoba right now, but if you're heading south, there's that big storm system we know as well. So, you know, it's hard. Take a deep breath. I can't imagine if I had a flight that was supposed to go somewhere today or tomorrow, and I was finally reconnecting with loved ones for Christmas, how... Oh, my stomach would be in knots today. That's I took a, a look, feeling. I took a look at the national weather map for uh, the different uh, warnings and watches. And basically every province and territory has a watcher warning, except for Manitoba. Isn't that something for winter? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We're number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't right. often brag about our weather, but we're, we're not, we don't have any warnings compared to the rest of the country right now. Yeah, there's uh, every, he, I'm looking at the map right now at uh, Environment Canada's website, weather.gc.ca and... Uh, BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, the territories. Yeah, it's a various. Uh, so if it's a warning, 
Then it's red on the map. If it's a watch, it's yellow. And then if it's gray, it's like a special weather statement. And it's just various blotches of red, yellow, and gray all across the land except for here in Manitoba. So not too bad, not too bad, just kind of cold here. Um, So uh, feel free to let us know if you have travel plans heading into the Christmas weekend and uh, or if maybe you're expecting a visitor. Like maybe you're hoping maybe somebody's coming to see you and uh, they... If they, because we had one of our listeners yesterday, Norin, was texting us to say mm-hmm. that, uh, that her daughter, I think, was heading, got a flight to Minneapolis, and then they, her boyfriend was going to pick her up there and then drive a couple hours north in Minnesota, and they, so that they made it, she made it on her flight, but then I got to follow up with Norin to find out how the drive went. Yeah, there's the, there's the car situation where you're going and weather-wise and then of course the flight so 780-6868 because I get it I feel you I want to connect with family this weekend too and I'm already wondering how that's all going to go for all of us and so keep us posted at 780-6868 the Canadian government announced its first mandate for electric vehicle sales aiming for 20% of all cars sold in Canada to be electric by 2026 so with gas prices over the past year I think there's lots of people that might have been talking about electric but what does this full timeline of our electric vehicle targets look like? Global's Ross Lord has more. At less than 6% of the light duty market in 2021, electric vehicles are a small but growing piece of Canada's auto industry. In the last two years, that number has more than doubled. We're happening fastest in Quebec and British Columbia, two provinces that have regulated sales targets. The federal government is announcing its first major set of regulations from a plan it published in April. The new regulations mean by 2026, 20% of all vehicles sold in Canada will be required to run on electricity. Four years later, that target moves up to 60%. And by 2035, electric vehicle sales will be required to account for every passenger vehicle sold in Canada. The government and electric vehicle promoters suggest that mandating EV sales will force car dealers to make sure there are plenty in stock. We have to make sure that Canadians have much easier access to EVs without having to wait anywhere between three months to three years. Environmental groups say the regulations will help move Canadians away from gas engines, as will incentives of up to $5,000 in rebates for electric vehicle buyers. Another tipping point? Oil and gas companies facing an existential threat are investing billions in EV charging stations. But others note there are downsides. An increase in mining to extract lithium and cobalt for EV batteries has caused other problems for the environment, like claims of contaminated drinking water. Controversies that are spreading to Canada, as a Quebec company plans to expand lithium mining to fill the growing demand. The government is sidestepping that part of the equation. The focus is always on making sure that we're helping Canadians get access to these vehicles. We're making sure that the vehicles are affordable. And we are making sure that we have clean air and are tackling climate change. She says the government encourages provinces that don't provide incentives, like Ontario, to take a closer look at what's happening with electric vehicle sales and reconsider. Ross Lord, Global News. 
So we're not in the market for a new vehicle yet, but we have been discussing the fact that we would very much like our next vehicle to be an electric vehicle. But with the Canadian dollar slipping, Ross Lord and his story talking about uh, how much more expensive with regard to the raw materials for the batteries, uh, this may become a little bit more challenging in terms of the prices getting in line to where they need to be. And then there's the magic part of the equation where you sit down and you go, how much am I spending on gas every month? What is my car payment going to be? Increased interest rates and then now gasoline settling in. If the new normal becomes a dollar, ten, dollar twenty, dollar thirty, dollar forty versus the two twenty we were seeing earlier this year, does that change the math for a lot of folks? And does it change your decision on whether or not they're going to move ahead with the purchase, which is clearly more expensive than uh, any equivalent gas model or in? We had big conversations in our house, and I ne- you know what I didn't think about? The, the gas is still enough to make me think, if we're going to stick around with this for a while, we have to find other solutions. To me, the money is what factors in. Like, you know, you want to say you want to do the right thing for the environment, but right now it really is just about the bottom line. Sure, that's to make sense And what does that add up? And I never even crossed my mind to consider the interest rates, Brett, when you go to get a car. I know you can get 0% financing mm. in some, but it's not always there or it's not what it's cracked up to be. And then it's going to cost potentially more based on how they, the, the demand might go up. And so, I don't know. I'd like to do electric, but... Yeah, for me, the, 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 another thing to think about with electric, too, is just the availability of charging stations. I think they just put one in my uh, in my apartment block. They added a charging station in our parkade because we got a couple of people living in my block who drive Teslas. So out I guess of, I got to charge their cars. Out of how many people? Yeah, exactly. Right? 200 people maybe living in your building? Uh, I don't know. How 20 many? plus stories? I don't know. I'm trying to do the math quick. Eight suites per floor yeah one and a half people per suite i don't know like (laughs) there's a lot of people and to have just two charging stations versus if you live in a home in a house single family house you can put your own charging station in your garage so that would that would change the logistics for sure brett we want to have a conversation about something that just kind of happened in our opening segment because we were talking about how Loren lives south of the city and she drives in to Transcona to pick up pierogies at Savala's on Victoria. And then, Loren, you posed a question and we got some immediate response. Well, the question, you know, I, I do, I love their pierogies and I will try to do it if I'm in the city, but even if I leave here downtown Winnipeg to Transcona, it's a hike. Like it can be a 40 minute drive, but sometimes that traffic on region is brutal. Yeah. So it's a hike for my pierogies. And then Scott weighed in. I said, well, what, where do you go? How, what's the distance you'll go for that favorite thing? Scott goes to Musaman for chickens. He's done an eight hour round trip. <laughs> and just now Willie just texts to say, they drive to Grand Forks for the day just to go to Paradiso Mexican Restaurant. <laughs> There's your which I now place. see Macklin has responded to. So the question would be, <laughs> where will you go? How far will you go for that thing that just tastes so good, maybe feels so good? Maybe it's the barber, haircut, what have you. Yep. It could even be a person, right? Like maybe, uh, you know, I remember in, oof, my buddy and I, uh, we met some, when we were like 17, met some girls who lived out in Lockport. So they, we would end up making this trek out to Lockport every Friday uh, to see these girls. Uh, so 204-780-6868. Let's uh, start us up, Mackling. Why don't we start with you after the Paradiso text? Well, Will, Willie uh, is a living legend now in my mind. <laughs> You're doing Paradiso round trip. 
I like that. I like that a lot. In fact, I was just invited to University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks hockey game, and I said, I will accept that invitation. I'll come down, do some Paradiso, go to the game, come home. And nothing to do for the hockey. Like, oh. you like the hockey's the other side of it. Yeah, but the Ralph Engelstad. Great ring. Yeah, I got to see that rink. I've never been there, ring. but yeah. I've heard nothing but wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, the, uh, two of my favorite things. Hockey arenas, baseball stadiums are on, on par, and um, uh, in Tex-Mex food. Uh, I guess probably, you know, Pine Ridge Hollow is, is uh, an easy drive from where I live, but I know people come from all over the city. But I want to ask our listeners if they remember a place out in St. Francis Xavier called the Medicine Rock Cafe. And this was literally in the middle of nowhere, built back in the, opened in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was basically this fancy-dancy restaurant right in the middle of nowhere, out in St. Francis Xavier, out, out past the White Horse there. And I used to bartend there every once in a while on a casual basis. My mom served there once upon a time. And it was, it was packed three, four nights a week. And it had no business being as busy as it was. It was just a great place to go. And it just proves that people people like a drive. Yeah. yeah. Well, you Braun, I, didn't, I learned this about Braun just recently, particularly during the pandemic. But you go for, like, you're, you like to go for a Saturday drive. Oh, yeah. I liked uh, during the pandemic, especially when there was nowhere else to go. <laughs> I'd like to wake up early on a Saturday and go get some breakfast at McDonald's and go for an hour-long drive out in the country. Just to look at the sights. Well, Jen, what, where, how far will you go, Jeff, to get the thing that well, you like? my thing is the bank. When I was in Altona, I, I got an account at the Altona Credit Union, as it was called at the time. And I moved to Brandon for college, and I kept my bank in Altona because college is temporary, <laughs> right? So, uh, But even after I moved to the city and a few years go by, and I'm still using the old Altona Credit Union. <laughs> now, the good, you, know, you don't have to go physically no. into a bank too often. So I was like, the hour-long drive to town to use the bank, once a year, maybe twice a year, no big deal. That stretched on for decades. <laughs> and about 10 years ago, I went to the, I went down there for a, a bank trip, and uh, the teller says to me, she's like, oh, is this your address in Charleswood? I said, yeah. She's like, you know we got a branch in Oak Bluff, right? <laughs> 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so I started using that. And now, actually, they got branches inside the city on Portage Avenue, so it's even closer now. So it, uh, it, it's, the perseverance paid off. It, my friends used to ridicule me for driving so far to go to the bank, but in the end, it worked out because now they're just down the road. boy, Jeff. And that's some loyalty as well. So I like that. Poitras, what about you? Well, my buddy um, in Merritt, uh, James, when I was working there, um, he had a dentist that he was like uber loyal to um, in Calgary. Um, when he was a young man, he didn't have any money, didn't have any coverage, and this dentist uh, did him a big favor, did a bunch of work for him, and didn't charge him. So he was like, and he's a very like James is a very loyal guy if you know him, and he will he'll st he, like he stuck with this, and he would go twice a year. He drive the eight hours to Calgary. Uh, twice a year to go see the dentist and he's now living in Yellowknife and I guarantee that he twice a year goes to Calgary whether he flies or whatever to see this dentist because that's just that's just the way he is I mean um I, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't do that I give him a firm handshake thank you very much <laughs> sir and and move on but that's just how James is like he's just he's, he's dedicated like that Wow. Yeah. What is that dentist? Maybe it's the freebies. The, the You know, some dentists give you like the floss just, and the toothbrush. Maybe yeah. that dentist hands out like gold Willy Wonka bars yeah, it's, or something. He just it was so appreciative of what he did when he was younger that he's like, no, this is the only guy that I go to. He won't, he won't take up any, another dentist. What happens when the dentist retires? 
while well, a black hole opens up and chaos ensues. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Producer Jeff Forte back in the saddle and master control. What about you? I would travel to the States just to get some Tahiti treats (laughs) and some cheese in a can. Cheese? Like the squeeze? Like like, 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 cream but cheese? Yeah, they got like bacon flavored spicy cheddar. They got first you eat the cheese and then you run to the can. I get it. That's right. (laughs) You got that right. You remember the Goof Troop movie there, uh, Forche? I do remember the Goof Troop. With Pauly Shore's character (laughs) in that one. The Leaning Tower Tower of of Cheese, man. (laughs) Like, we're the Goof Troops and we always stick. That one? Yeah. It's a a goofy movie. And Pauly Shore had a character in it and he was like eating cheese from a can. It's just a stupid reference that I knew 4J would understand. And hopefully a small percentage of our audience. I, I bet you you can <laughs> find Tahiti treats in the city, 4J. No. There's yes. got to be, there are some no. places, like there's a place called Vicky's on uh, Graham, is it Graham and Fort or Graham and Gary? It's, it's somewhere. It's in one of those blocks and they sell all kinds of like unique or, or hard to find sweet treats. Like every time I go to the States, I have to get a case of Tahiti treat. A case, so sort of like good. a pallet. I wish. There's I, a I new store it. that's opened up in Niverville that it's a candy store, and its whole thing is bringing in things from other countries that you can't get here. Really? Yeah. And oh. it, you pay a bit more money, obviously, for it because they're importing stuff. But I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, it's a, it's a, we went in there the other day. It was pretty cool. Perhaps a small town salute. I brought my future. kid back with his own money, though. I'll tell you that much. I was like, <laughs> we can't come back here again unless you're paying for your stuff. Two dollars and thirty five cents for the uh, for the lime crush. But it's what you want, right? Like, there's all sure. sorts of things that you might import from somewhere. Okay, well, I, we if you still got to hear Lorenz as well, so we're going to get to that at seven fifteen. It's okay. Well, nothing else. <laughs> Just more. a progress. I would have gone to Minnedosa for their burger at Uncle Tom's, but I'm not sure that's a different restaurant now. And I'll think there's more. We want to talk now about the rising cost of living and whether with that rising cost for food, gas, and more, um, any of you have had your salaries rise with it? It's a question I've been thinking a lot about because particularly, as I've said, when I'm grocery shopping, I sound a lot like this. Chocolate milk used to be like $5. It's like almost $8. It's crazy. Uh, you got to be a little more picky and choosy about the things you get and what you pick up and what's really important versus a luxury and a deed. Out loud, I will say things. Just yesterday, I was telling Greg I was shopping, and I said, cauliflower? You're like the most nonsense vegetable. Why are you $5 ahead? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get it for the veggie tray because you feel like you need to have it, but I didn't buy it in the end. I just was like, I can't do it. I, it not that I couldn't put the 5 bucks down, Greg. I just didn't want to do it. And then I woke up this morning because we've been talking so much about grocery prices. And I spotted a tweet from an entrepreneur in the States that said, by his math, with inflationary pressures, salaries in his mind should have gone up 10 to 16% over the last two years, just based on how much more. It's 11% more for food, um, 20% more for gas, maybe 50, depending on where we were in the past six months. And so... Seven, eight months ago, the idea was you're just going to have to eat this for a little bit. You know, like it's going to be hard, but short-term pain, we'll get through this. Well, now we're entering 2023 where we just heard from the food professor that food prices will continue to climb in 2023. And so I'm just I'm just wondering, has anyone had a boss along the way saying, here's what we're going to offer you? We may, maybe it'll be a 2% increase. Maybe it'll be six. Maybe it'll be a gas card. Maybe it'll be this or that because... 
everything is everything is up, and I don't know if salaries at all have come along with it. I'm searching for a boss who will have that conversation. <laughs> I haven't had that conversation personally. I do know some people, though, that have had some pretty generous uh, increases in their pay over the last year or so. And when it comes to cauliflower, uh, Loren, <laughs> people are making pizza crusts out of them. They're those uh, cauliflower uh, buffalo bites that yeah. have become popular. So it's sort of a trendy vegetable right now. I don't know if that's having any impact on its popularity or not. But a lot of those things like chocolate milk in our house, that's a luxury. That's not a necessity. It's not a necessity of life. My Tim Horton steep tea uh, that I get on my way to work in the morning, I know I'm paying too much for it. I have a, a, a box of Red Rose tea bags in my basement. I could bring those here and I could drink tea for free. I just pick up a little carton of milk and, and some sugar and I'd be set. But the price that they're charging right now I'm comfortable paying based on the benefit that I feel like I'm getting for it. But there is a threshold for that. My steep tea, once again, not a necessity. It's something that I like. But I, I, you know, I do a cost-benefit analysis on that sort of in my head. I don't have a spreadsheet for it. But at some point, there may be a price where I go, yeah, that's not worth the convenience. And I think that for a lot of the things we're complaining about the prices of, not everything, but a lot of the things that we're complaining about the prices of aren't necessarily necessities. Yes, food is a necessity, but not all food is a necessity. Sure. So a can, lot of it is a choice in terms of the cut of meat that you want, the the types of vegetables sure, that you'll but still eat, brands, et cetera. Like if you, let's talk our basics. I'm and, not poo-pooing but, the, but, the, the, uh, food inflation. I'm just saying a lot of the decisions that we make are, are based on want, not necessarily need. Okay. I think a lot of people, even if they were paying for their needs versus their wants, would also need to see their salaries go up or their wages go up in the next five, six, seven months to be able to keep up with the demands. If I remove all the luxuries off the table and stick with my meat and potatoes and my car ride to work, all I of that is still up. How many times have we used the terminology unprecedented in the last three years? We are have come through or going through or in the midst of un, some unprecedented times. And I think for a lot of folks during the pandemic... Uh, things were as good as they'd ever been financially for a lot of folks. For many folks, it was the exact opposite. And we're, we're paying the price for a lot of that right now. And so uh, this unprecedented point of history is going to make for some pretty difficult and unprecedented choices for folks. Small Town Salute. We do this every Thursday just after the 7.30 news. And for today's Small Town Salute, it's just another example of how many of our topics, our ideas, our interviews come from you. Yesterday morning, in fact, just after 7 o'clock, we spoke to farmer Ian Smith. Ian was telling us many people are buying sides of pork as gifts for the season. Then one of our listeners, Carolyn, texted us to say, Hey, I work at Timothy's in Dougald. We cure Ian's bacon. So we thought that sounds like a small small town salute to us. Yeah, so we're pleased to bring on Tim Dirksen, owner of Timothy's Country Butcher Shop in Dougald. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So hang on. The store is called Timothy's, but you're going to go by Tim? 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> okay. So first of all, just for those who might be looking, Timothy's Country Butcher Shop, if we're coming from Winnipeg, I know we go east, but where would we find you in Dougald? Uh, if you go east on Dougald Road, or Highway 15, it's, we're about uh, six or seven kilometers past the perimeter highway, uh, just in the town of Dougald, just across from the SO there. So tell us about the process here, Tim, uh, with with farmers like Ian. So they bring you their stuff, like bacon, you do your thing, and then they come back and get it. Can you walk us through the process a bit? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, for Ian, we've been working with him for about six or seven years now, and he actually sends his whole um, his whole pigs to us, and so we do the whole process for him. We we cut and wrap the, the carcasses, and we do the bacons and the hams. We do sausages and uh, all kinds of things. So we get the whole package done for him and send it, uh, send it out to his customers. And we do quite a bit of custom work like that, as well as, uh, you know, deer. We do a lot of deer, uh, deer sausages and things like that. And forgive me for my lack of knowledge in this, but what exactly does curing bacon mean? Well, we, uh, it, it's, it's a smoking and curing process, so we, we, we pump it with a, a, a cure, a nitrite cure and some seasoning, and, uh, and then we smoke it overnight in our smokehouse. And uh, and then we slice it and package it. So it, taking the raw belly and making it into a smoked product. I'm wondering what you've seen in terms of just changes, even over the past year, Tim. You know, we've been talking a lot about just the costs of everything. And Ian came on just to say that some people were gifting pork because it was helping out the person they were gifting this meat to with, with the rising costs. And so what do you see in terms of trends within your industry for what people might be bringing to you as the producers or what the customer is asking for? Well, certainly costs have gone up um, in, in labor costs and meat costs as well. Um, I, you know what, since COVID, I've found that, that uh, there's been a lot more focus on the local product. And, uh, and so we, that's one of the things we've always tried to focus on is the, the Manitoba-produced product. And uh, just about everything that we do is, is that. So, so the demand for a lot of that local product has definitely been, been increasing. And, uh, and certain, certain of the high-end stuff, I, I think it's true that uh, we don't have quite as much of that that goes out the door. But, uh, but a lot of things, uh, a lot of the local products have been, have been going really, really well. The supply chain issues that we're seeing that are causing, in some cases, the, the price of things that we're used to being very, very steady is uh, obviously uh, changed as well, Tim. So just uh, expand a little bit on that m- more uh, by local philosophy and how it can guarantee supply and, and maybe even some stability in terms of price. Yeah, that's true. We we uh, in, in, especially in terms of supply, like be, dealing with all local suppliers, they have prioritized us. And uh, uh, so, where there may be some supply issues and supply chain issues with some of the larger places, um, we haven't really seen a lot of that, and we've still been able to get most of our product um, and uh, at, at you know reasonably competitive prices. Some of it is is uh, some of it is more going local, um, but. Uh, the quality is definitely there, and I found that uh, that all of the suppliers that I deal with locally are are top notch. Just looking at your website, Timothy's Country Butcher Shop dot com, and you also you you do pizzas. Like, are they are they made fresh, or are they are they you make them, and then they're frozen. We do both, actually. Uh, we have a frozen pizza that we, that we carry in, in both of our stores. We actually have a location now in Winnipeg uh, on Westminster, just a little outlet that we, uh, that we sell some of the product at. And uh, we, the, we also do a takeout pizza there where we bake it and, and uh, have it ready, hot and ready to go. 
Oh, man, they do Smokies. I don't know why we didn't leave with this question. I love me a good <laughs> jalapeno and cheddar smoky. Tim, before we let you go, you've got this business that's in in uh, Dugald. You've expanded with one in Winnipeg. Just tell us a bit about Dugald. Do you live there? Like, why did it start in Dugald? Um, well, uh, the, the previous owner that I bought the business from lived in the area, and there was a, a, a place available. I do live uh, in Springfield and certainly have had lots of connections. My children go to school in Dugald, and it's a really nice community, a lot of really nice people. There's, uh, there's some, some development happening, but you still have the small town feel. Lots of community events. Um, and uh, uh, lots of things to get involved in, and, and the, the response there in Springfield has just been really, really fantastic for us. Well, Tim, we thank you very much for joining us this morning. It looks like a great shop. I mean, we're talking today about how far will you go for the stuff you like, and maybe uh, a trip out to Timothy's and Dougald is uh, next on the docket, so we appreciate the time. We'd love to see you. Thank you very much. And have a Merry Christmas, all you right? Too. All right. 746 on 680 CJOB, that website once again, Timothy's Country Butcher Shop.com. been talking travel problems this morning it could be a struggle to get many places in this country ahead of christmas yeah just 10 minutes ago we were talking greg and i about delays or cancellations to and from vancouver and then that wide swath of delays in toronto cancellations in some spots as well at pearson international we know that has a huge ripple effect across the country and that prompted listener mike to text this quote I own Bonaventure Travel on Academy. Please remind people to be kind. Our agents are doing the best we can to reaccommodate our clients. There's just not much to rebook them on. Pouring another whiskey, Mary, Mary. And so we're pleased to bring on now Mike Croker of Bonaventure Travel. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Talk about a bit of that stress right now and the kind of calls you're getting from people. Well, our clientele have actually been pretty amazing for the most part, but it's it's a challenge. Every day this week, basically, I've been working from 6 o'clock till, well, last night I worked till midnight and finally told a client, I'm going to bed. There's not much more I can do for you. There's just nonstop cancellations, and uh, we're trying to rebook and rebook, and it just, uh, <laughs> once, two, two, two feet forward and four back, it seems. Yeah, and of course, uh, at this point in time, people are stressed, Mike, because they want to get home for the holidays, or maybe it's a dream vacation or that holiday uh, to a, a warm location, tropical uh, location, and they have seven days, and now all of a sudden maybe a, a day on either side of it is being cut out based on these changes. But try and help us understand, Mike, Like if, if say I had a flight yesterday from Winnipeg to Vancouver, and that flight was cancelled for whatever reason, and there are flights today, and I know every flight I've been on in the last year or so, there's not an empty seat on the aircraft. Who gets priority? Like, are they bumping people <laughs> that are on that flight today? so I can get somewhere or am I no. at the bottom of the list? No, that's the challenge. Uh, the flights are tracker block full. So they are, the airline's only obligation is to get you to your next, to your destination. When that may be is on the next available. And uh, looking at my uh, GDS this morning, there is no space until, I don't, there's a few seats here and there that pop up sporadically, but no. If you're on the flight and you're confirmed you're going, anybody that's been reprotected, uh, you're at the bottom of the list. 
Another listener suggested that uh, uh, you should all, if you have travel plans that could potentially be delayed, that you should give your accommodations. If you have uh, accommodations reserved, that you should also give them a heads up. Otherwise, you could be at risk of losing said accommodations. Is that a, a genuine concern? Yeah, absolutely. That's a concern. And and your first point of contact, uh, if you're not working with a travel pre- professional like ourselves, that's typically your first uh, point of uh, conversation. But uh, you should be contacting your insurance provider. Um, we we are exclusive with Manulife, so we will instruct our clients to call the uh, insurance provider to open up a trip interruption, trip delay uh, claim immediately. I know it's been a stressful for few years for travelers and then, of course, people within the industry, Mike. And, and so I understand that you've been through far worse before. But in terms of just that pent up demand that we've been seeing and the fact that this is the holiday season, where does this rate in terms of some of the more stressful times you've had as a travel company over the past five, ten years? <laughs> well, I told somebody yesterday the day the world shut down with COVID was the worst day in my my travel career. And Monday of this week was uh, was the second worst time. So wow. it's been absolutely awful. It's just nonstop, and we can't uh, can't seem to uh, get ahead of ourselves here. There's just not much we can do. What's the lesson here, Mike? Before we let you go, for those that might be thinking about travel uh, throughout the winter, you mentioned insurance, and I know sometimes people look at that extra charge. And I'm not a shill for insurance agencies or companies ever, but because uh, yep. I do it all the time, I go, ah, I don't need that. If I'm sick, I'm not going. But there are other factors to to consider, and some we some we may have not really thought about that might interrupt your your travel plans. Travel insurance. Absolutely, 100% purchase travel insurance. It is imperative these days. Uh, And the number two thing, book with a travel professional. Booking online, I'm sorry, I just, there are no words. You're on your own if you book online. And we are here to support and help our clients. That's what we do every day. Mike Croker with Bonaventure Travel joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mike, thank you very much for this and Godspeed as you continue to uh, navigate what is going to be, I'm sure, a hectic few days. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Thank you to producer Jeff Fortier's mom, Sheila. Sheila! Jeff just brought in for us presents and he said... They're all the same. So then we did that thing you do. If you ever had a sibling on Christmas Day and you had to open up the gift at the same time because your mom got you the same thing and you don't want to spoil the other person's moment, pulled out of the bag this towel and on it it has a microphone that says CJOB. A headline says the start and then it has all our names. Mine first, I want to point out. And then on the bottom says with Jeff Forche pushing their buttons. (laughs) I suspect that uh, your name is first on your towel. Oh, is that how it goes? Oh, Correct. that's disappointing. <laughs> Sheila! <laughs> Sheila! Because it's always Macklin, McGarry, and McNabb. And just now I was like, hang on, my name's first. Thanks, Sheila, for putting me on top. Come the old, on, Sheila. The old switcheroo. That was a trick. You tricked me, Sheila. That's a beautiful gift for you. It Jay. is beautiful. It's gorgeous. So thoughtful, the planning and everything that goes into a, a, a gift like that. I'm overwhelmed. So thank you, Jeff. And thanks to your mom, Sheila. This is wonderful stuff and uh, very thoughtful. Uh, I think we're, we're talking about putting these in frames or something. We can't use this towel. No. I will use it just in the part where it has your names and rub your guys' names off. <laughs> just a spite now. 
I'll keep Forche's on. His mama's sweet. Um, also, before the, we get to the keys to the game, we are talking about travel problems this morning because we've seen all kinds of problems at west in Vancouver with the winter weather they're dealing with. And now there's a storm situation in Ontario. So that means Toronto. Um, and we just spoke with a travel agent uh, just after 7.50 who's reminding listeners to reminding people to you know be kind to your travel agents because they're they're doing their best but there's just there's no seats to book and it had us asking afterwards, Greg, he made the comment about the travel agent can be there for you to help you out in these situations. And then he also talked about travel insurance. And I'm curious, you know, in all the things we're supposed to learn out of the pandemic, if people are using travel insurance more, if it's actually come through for them, do you still book online? And one of our listeners says, we always use a travel agency. We went to Jamaica one year and the airline we went with filed for bankruptcy while we were on holiday our travel agent was able to get us on a charter plane. We had to make one stop in Cuba, but we made it home. Those who booked online had to stay for two days longer and also had to find accommodations on their own dime. This person says, get insurance. You never know. We have used the insurance money many times, including for medical. And, and I'm fascinated by that because out of COVID, the idea was your insurance can help you out or didn't help you out, depending on the circumstance. The airlines did or did not help you out. And out of that, if you had thrown in, I don't even know. I've never done airline insurance, Greg. I've done travel insurance. But is it just, like, what? what's the extra cost on a ticket? Do you I've know? I've never done it either. Right. But Brett? it's sometimes it's two or three hundred bucks. And have you like on your on your whole trip, right, Brad? I've, I don't know. I've, I've, I have purchased travel insurance before, but uh, I think I've only the most I've ever paid was like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that might be you're going someplace. Like I've purchased medical extras for certain reasons, and that was 20 bucks for the week you're gone, and it got you, you know, hospital stay, ambulance, ABC, for whatever you might need. But I've never done it for cancellation. Insurance, yeah, and all the, uh, the cascading uh, benefits coming out of that. In, in this era, this digital era, we've become so confident with the Airbnb and the Expedias, and this is not disparaging in any way against those websites and using them, but you have to realize you're not, you know, when you book an Airbnb in, in Kelowna, as an example, you're dealing with an individual if you're having an issue that has to fix it. You're not dealing with Marriott. You're not dealing with Sheraton. You're not dealing with Holiday Inn to get those situations rectified. You're, you're dealing with the whims and the personality of one individual that owns that, that unit, owns that condo that you might be renting. And with Expedia, yeah, you're booking, but you're down low on the priority list as well. If they overbook your hotel and these show up, and they haven't got your reservation. It's a different story if you've gone through their own, the hotel's own reservation site, or you've made a call, or you've done Expedia. It's like, yeah, sorry, we 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 can't help you. Deal with Expedia. Yesterday, we got an email to our newsroom from a proud father. It says in part, Brett. I just want to touch base with you regarding a recent project that me and my son and his friends have done. Uh, it's launched a song in Punjabi called Aya Santa, released to, uh, related, pardon me, to Santa Claus and Christmas. So we're going to play a little bit of the tune for you here. The video begins with Santa coming out of Winnipeg Airport carrying a Bangra drum. Santa, 
So we want to welcome to the start the young man who is singing the lead vocals on Aya Santa, Yuvraj Kong. Good morning, Yuvraj. Uh, hello, good morning to all the listeners. My name is Yuvraj Kong, and thank you for having me here today. Well, thank you for being with us. We want to say hello as well to your proud father, Amrit. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me also, and uh, good morning to all of you who are listening. Yeah. So, first of all, we were having this debate this morning, Amrit. That's what Santa is carrying. It is a bangra drum. Yes, that's called dhol. D H O L. That's the main, very famous instrument that all uh, Punjabi bhangra guys use. Yeah, and even songs. It's a very important instrument. Yeah. So, how did this come about, Santa and Punjabi? Who wrote the song? Who shot the video? Just tell us a bit about the project. Okay, so basically, uh, as uh, like I'm living here from 12 years, and Yuvraj is born here, so he's uh, Canadian. And uh, we, being uh, like uh, uh, religiously, we are sick. Like we don't religiously celebrate Christmas, but uh, as we are living here, it's a multicultural, diverse uh, society over here, and we are into that mood during that uh, like week or and uh, we want to share our happiness who actually celebrate so we just want to give it little bit of punjabi twist punjabi flavor to that thing so that's how the idea came because even kids are excited during that week right and because in the schools it's everywhere so we just come up idea why don't to add some dhol beats and try to make a punjabi song out of that so kids could dance on that so that's how the idea emerges and then i shared it uh, i wrote some lyrics and i shared with uh, one of the famous uh, like uh, music producers from india his name is sokpal sok so i have been working with him because being myself is a lyricist also so i shared the idea with him so he liked he said yeah it could be done for the kids and then we come up with the song and the yuvraj give the vocals we record it and then there is another talented guy here in winnipeg his name is fate barad uh, he goes by the name filmed by fate so he do good on uh, like uh, camera and video so he planned the whole video for this like these will be the shots we took some of his friends they were all in there and here comes the project it's fantastic. It's very uplifting, and and Yuvraj, so that's you singing the lead vocals, correct? Yes, sir. And then, how many of your friends are are in the video, and and how many different singers have you got playing in the background and and adding to this? Uh, I think I had about thirteen to sixteen of my friends and family friends. <laughs> that's outstanding. And and where did you shoot? Obvious the the Winnipeg airport was obvious to me. Yes. Santa coming out the front door there and the announcement in the background. That was that was perfect. But but what about some of the other locations? Was there more than one? Yes. So we also filmed at the Polo Park Mall. And then we also filmed at Forks Market inside and then some outdoor shots. Outstanding. And it really brings Winnipeg to life at this time of year. What what does the song mean for you? Uh, the song, so I just wanted to, uh, for the kids, Punjabi kids, they're also excited about Christmas, so I wanted to make this song so I could add some Punjabi music flavor into Christmas, and it's my first song, so I'm really excited about it. I'm Reet. We were discussing celebrating the best of one another's cultures and finding the common themes in celebration with Rabbi Rose earlier this week. Uh, th- this feels a lot like that. Would you agree? I totally agree, and that was the motive also to make this song. So I would also t- touch base one another thing because I already told, like uh, by religion, I am a Sikh. Because in our religion, we don't celebrate Christmas, and 
during this week so this week would i would say like it's a week of uh, sacrifices in our history like some of our 10th like guru guru gobind singh so he fought for the injustice and during this week his four sons and mother they, like uh, they attained martyrdom like in the 1700s that's what i'm talking about so in spite of that so he always uh, taught us like to be in the high spirits right so, and we go to sikh church and pay tribute to all our like those sacrifices and teach our kids about our indian like uh, punjabi indian history and heritage but on parallelly as we are living in canada and here people are with diverse communities so we also go with them and we also share like we are happy with your joy with your happiness we want to contribute in that too it's learning from everybody which i think is wonderful and, and so as we learned this morning yuvraj what do the lyrics mean like what are you saying to santa when he comes out of the airport there i, I think i caught the word snow but that might be it yeah so basically i see santa coming out of the doors so i'm like santa what is he doing here <laughs> so i go up to him and i ask him and then he's like i don't know where i am i don't know where the airplane dropped me off <laughs> So I tell him this is Winnipeg there's a lot of snow here so I told him to give me the toll and I told him to come explore Winnipeg with me. And then the lyrics in the song what do they mean? So Aya Santa the main line that means Santa's here and then he's giving gifts out to the kids and he doesn't care about the uh, winter or the snow or how cold he gets. <laughs> so Yuvraj uh, most of your friends celebrate Christmas and their families have embraced uh, this part uh, of your life and 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 being Canadian. Yes. You're, so what are you what are you hoping for? Like, have you made a request to the big guy for something under the tree? Like, can you share it with us? What, what are you hoping for? Uh, so I wanted a soccer ball, and then I also was looking for our soccer net. Okay. Well, it sounds great. Yuvraj, yeah. this is very exciting. And Armet, thanks so much for, for reaching out to us because uh, there's no other way that we would learn about this. And so we really appreciate you uh, taking the effort to, to share this with us. And, and on YouTube already, I'm seeing over 55,000 views in just four days. Yeah, yeah, this song is doing great and the kids are loving it. We have been also getting some video clips from all around like uh, because kids keeping dancing to that and that was the motive. So thank you so much uh, for us to giving the opportunity and share it with the the other like diverse mainstream audience. Really appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Amrit Kong, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much and yeah. And you Raj, thank you as well. Welcome and everyone have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy holidays to you as well. I love well. a well-spoken kid. I'm like all teary over here. That was a beautiful thing. I love this idea that, you know, like you, you, you know who you are, you know what your history is, you know what your religion might be or if you do or do not have one and you move somewhere else and it doesn't mean you have to give that up at all. It's supposed to be about, you know, not blending but just a, it, learning from one another and I think that's wonderful. It's as Canadian a sentiment, I think, as you'll find. I think that sums up Canada and the way many of us look at life here is what we just talked about. I mentioned earlier this week that I went on a bit of a pub crawl downtown and into the exchange. One of those stops was the Oval Room at the Fort Garry Hotel, where I bumped into an old friend who knows a thing or two about hospitality and delicious libations. I love 
this next guest himself, and I love his title as well, Brett. Christopher Sprague is the wine director at the Fort Gary Hotel. Christopher, always great to speak with you. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and best of the season to you. And the best of the season to you and yours. So before we get into some of the suggestions for parties at home, because we're having a gathering at my place tomorrow, so I want to make a little bit of a list here, but let's talk about parties at the hotel. How's the holiday season been for business? Well, it's been great this year. Uh, with all the COVID restrictions lifted and we, being back at full capacity, it's been very, very busy. So everybody who hasn't been able to have a chance to have a, a seasonal party has been coming back to the hotel. So it's been wonderful to see everybody again. I went out with a girlfriend for lunch yesterday, Chris, and I, I was like, oh, wait, we're back in a big way. It's Christmas time, and it was packed. We had to wait for a table. And so there was all sorts of questions about, you know, what food may or may not be in the menu due to food costs and also just about staff. How are you doing for staff? Uh, well, always a challenge. Uh, we, we, we are constantly trying to hire, and it, it, I think it's throughout the entire restaurant industry is that everybody is a little short-labored right now. And it's, uh, it would be nice to find all the people that left the industry and bring them back to it because it's, it's been exciting to be fully open again. The Oval Room. Anytime I go there, I, I just get so excited to be in there because I feel so fancy, even though I, I went, wore a baseball cap on Friday. Uh, so I didn't look fancy, but whatever. What do you think makes that room so special, Chris? Well, it's kind of the heart of Manitoba. It's been around for, uh, you know, we're going to celebrate our 110th year anniversary next year. And with that, it's, it's always been a gathering place. I think everybody who's lived in this province or been here has had a chance to go through it at least one time. And it's gone through a lot of changes in the, in the multiple decades. And with the new renovation last year, it is absolutely back to its former glory that, was we, that it was in the 1920s. So it is absolutely stunning space. It's beautiful. The high roof, the gold, everything just brings it together so beautifully. Dare I ask if there's still a piano there, Christopher? Uh, not not at the moment. We we took it out. We needed the space for the extra tables, but I have a feeling it's going to reappear uh, sometime in the new year. You know, uh, some, some people will, will complain about Oh, the, the price of a drink here, or a price of a drink there. Help us, you know, with regard to the markup with with alcohol and with wine, just there's so much more to the idea of just taking the price and, well, I'm going to show a little bit of my knowledge slash experience here and tripling the price and in some case more for that bottle of wine or the, or those spirits because there's a lot that goes into not only getting them, storing them, having them on hand, keeping them at stock, etc. Oh, absolutely. So uh, you also have to think of the consideration of glassware, the, the labor involved in bringing that to you, the uh, uh, everything from ice to maintenance of the building, the electricity to turn on the lights. Everything has gone up in price this year, and we're starting to feel that on, on all aspects. And I think that uh, we can utilize, uh, you know, the beverage to kind of make up for, you know, the price of lettuce that we have right now, the, 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 the stuff that we have to bring into the raw ingredients, all their prices have gone up so much. So we need to offset that with, uh, with the different costs that we can use. Let's talk drinks then, Chris. Sorry to interrupt, but we we're oh, yeah. cocktail-wise, Greg was mentioning having a get-together, and, and I'm having some get-togethers, and you're thinking, oh, what, what would be a fun drink to try? Because we might go to the Oval Room, for example, try a cocktail and think, I'd like to serve this. What's some tips for a festive cocktail? 
Well, there's lots of things you can use. Uh, I find that this time of year, uh, we, we, we use a lot more uh, cocktails that have a lot more flavor, so a lot deeper, so more, more brown alcohol, so lots, lots of stuff that you can make. It's like old-fashioned. Always a great cocktail during the winter because then it's warm and spicy and you have a little bit of sweetness to it. Uh, other drinks that are great, we, we've been serving mulled wine, which is always good. I always like to slip in wine into there, of course. Uh, and mulled wine is a great, great cocktail, especially if you're having a party because you can, you can make a large batch of it and serve it like a punch. And it's always, uh, you can serve it warm or cold. And it's flexible, and lots of people like it because it has so it's very very easy, uh, and and lower in alcohol because you mix it with fruit juices, so you can have a little bit more. <laughs> Christopher Sprig, I think we're going to have to leave it there because we are out of time, but it is always a pleasure to talk to you, and it was great to see you on Friday. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully we can get you back in studio sometime in the new year. An absolute pleasure. All, again, all the best of the season to everybody. To you as well. Christopher Sprague, the wine director at the Fort Gary Hotel. But indeed, I did feel, because uh, I, I wore a ball cap on Friday. I'm like, well, I'm going to be taking putting on a toque, taking it off. Were, I'm not gonna were people fix fancier there? Oh, yeah. They like could, how fancy? Well, I think because when I walked in, I was told that the, the half the room had just cleared out. Mm-hmm. So I think there were a lot of people who were attending Christmas parties in the hotel that decided to head over to the Oval Room. So yeah, there are people in fancy dresses and nice suits, and in comes Brett in a ball cap and a you know a hoodie. You cleared the room. <laughs> I, I I got in just as they left. <laughs> you know, in this city, it's there's so few place, places where you have to even worry about that. That's one of the things I love most about Winnipeg. Sure. But but Loren, the box of wine, you know the saying, a good bottle or a good box of wine is the wine that you like. You never have to apologize for drinking a certain kind of wine or serving a certain kind of wine if, if you like it. If it says on the outside, five bottles are in this box, that is my benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal, people. It is a deal. Winnipeggers, Manitobans <laughs> love a good deal. We are asking you about, like, how far do you go for the stuff that you really like? It was inspired by the fact that Loren lives south of the city, but she likes to drive in to Transcona. There's a, a Ukrainian shop called Savala's, and uh, she likes their pierogies. Yesterday's winner, actually, Mike, another excellent story today. Uh, one of our runners-up, he says, Your topic du jour got me recalling a day quite a few years ago when my wife and I, we flew out to Vancouver... <laughs> For fish and chips at a floating takeout joint known as Pajos. It is located at Steveston Village and is right at the harbor. The flight, courtesy of a nearly free airline employee pass, had us in Vancouver by 8 a.m. local time. And a short bus ride from the airport had us at Steveston about a half hour later. Of course, lunch had to wait, but it was a pleasant day in June, so we toured around the area, taking in the beauty. Lunch was fantastic. Halibut and excellent fries and coleslaw. And the flight had us back in Winnipeg by 10 p.m., <laughs> full and content with our little diversion. This trip would not be so much fun these days, though, with the weather. I love that. But that sounds very, uh, you know, like, let's just go to Paris for the very day. Very bougie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you have access to those passes through a buddy or whatever, take them. Take advantage. Backling JR, 
uh, went out of his way and ended ended up happy, but that wasn't quite so happy at the beginning. Long trips for unorthodox reasons are not something I'm foreign to. You might remember the story I sent back in March about flying to Calgary to bring my wife her passport. Yes, JR, we do. My longest drive for something odd was a 2,600-kilometer round trip with my dad to go pick up a 20-year-old snowmobile. We did it in 20 hours. Oh, and it was a snowmobile I didn't even really want, but when we got there, it was my dad, not the owner, that convinced me that I needed to buy it. We went because it was a cool, cool sled, and he wanted, or so he said at first, <laughs> uh, he later told me he knew I'd fall in love with it when he got there. He was right. Yeah, it's a good machine. My newer ones are better in every way, but they're not half as cool. It's a 1999 Thundercat. It's kind of like a muscle car. New cars are more comfortable, have more options and easier to handle, but they're just not wild and full of character like some of the old ones. Thundercats, ho! But Scott, Loren, Scott is our winner today. Well, I just threw out randomly just after 6 a.m. that question. Do you ever go somewhere, like go a great distance for something super specific? Scott was the first to reply to say, Mooseman for chicken at the Red Barn. Eight hours round trip from our house. We've gone for lunch and come home. It's the best. And then Scott added, my father-in-law found the place in his travels, and with him, nothing was just okay. Either it was the best, or you didn't go. This chicken is the best, says Scott. We lost Brian three and a half years ago suddenly to cancer. It's a great tradition. Scott, Congratulations, you won. Thank you for sharing your wonderful story. And thanks to all, as always, for sharing your wonderful stories. We learned a lot of neat things about the places you'll go, like the driving to Iowa for a zombie burger and drink uh, lab, I think is what it's called. Um, but Scott's our winner. Manitoba Moose tickets, January 21st, Texas Stars in town. Let's talk the Winnipeg Jets. They're back on the road tonight for a date with the Bruins in Boston and tomorrow night for a game against the Capitals in Washington, D.C. Our next guest knows a thing or two about road trips and traveling for her job. Fortunately for us, she doesn't do that nearly as much anymore. Let's say good morning to Sarah Orleski of Jets TV. Hi, Sarah. Good morning. Yeah, thankfully for me as well. Not nearly as many 4.30 a.m. wake-up calls as what <laughs> I you, used to have having to get onto the plane. You're saying you, 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 miss, you don't miss those? Yeah, I, you know what? All credit goes to you three for, for, for the early morning wake-ups and, and getting in because, no, I do not miss the alarm going off. Usually, because to be completely honest, it usually involved maybe midnight the night before or um, trying to pack, trying to decide what I was going to wear. And especially for football, as the season got closer to an end, you had to pack for all different types of weather, which never made it easy either. Well, it's the weather that's creating. (laughs) Sorry, Sarah, a little bit of a delay there. I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's weather all across the country causing all sorts of issues for, for people traveling. But earlier this morning, throughout the morning, we were talking about, getting on a plane or jumping in the car for a road trip, uh, you know, to get a burger in Iowa, one of our listeners said, uh, Mexican food in North Dakota, pizza in Saskatchewan. One of our listeners jumped on an airplane just for the day. They went to Vancouver and back and had fish and chips. Just some great stories. Have you ever done a let's go somewhere for something I could essentially get down the street? (laughs) Um, I don't know if that we, you know, but we do love, road trips, uh, particularly as much as it's great to be able to hop in a plane and get somewhere, give me 
a road trip in a car any day, especially in recent years with some of the you know perils of traveling and, and the headaches that go along with it. My husband and I once, when we lived in Toronto, this wasn't to go down for food, but we decided there was great um, there was great shopping and a mall that we an outlet mall that I really wanted to go to outside of New York, and so I finished. We thought we were much younger then. I did not have a child, um, and we thought we would leave after a Leafs game. So he slept, and then we drove all through the night. Oh boy! To be able to get there, like I said, we were much younger then. <laughs> <laughs> Then we shopped all day and then turned around and drove home um, that night, which was eight hours. And and I fully admit, I am an awful co-pilot. Not only do I not have a great sense of direction, but most significantly, I tend to fall asleep. So I woke up and we were in the middle of a snowstorm because hockey season. We did this probably November, December. And he was just tightly gripping the steering wheel and he's looking straight ahead. And I said, are you okay? And he goes, he, he got an energy drink at a gas station. And my husband does not drink coffee. He doesn't drink energy drinks. And he goes, I can't. And his, his hands were just tightly gripped around the steering wheel. He goes, I can't feel my face. Oh. <laughs> so, so I said to him, okay, goes, are you okay? Because yeah, I go, okay. Well, you wake me up if you need me. <laughs> right back to sleep, Sarah. I love right it. So you, you get a you get what goes into a road trip. This might be a little more intense than what the Jets are about to go through, but they're in Boston tonight, Washington tomorrow. It's a busy couple of days. Let's just talk about this schedule before the Christmas break. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, back-to-backs are never easy. When knows, I mean, the, uh, if there is any, I guess, silver lining, it's that on the East Coast the flights are um, so short. For it, but it's certainly not an easy couple games to head into the holiday break with Boston with the record that they have. I mean, they are unbelievable um, at home, but then just overall, they've lost four games in regulation this entire season. They're undefeated in regulation at home with a 17-0-2 record. So this is a really challenging one. And then you go into Washington. We'll see Washington's playing tonight as well. We'll see. I mean, there's the... Um, there's the Ovechkin's chase that's still going on right now. So there's that hanging over it as well. So this is not an easy couple of games for them, but um, certainly the month of December has been so busy. Anyways, I'm sure you three have discussed over, over the month. I mean, we've, we've all, it seems talked about it with the 16 games in 30 days. So I think that Jets players and sure the staff will be very happy when they finally get home uh, to be able to have a couple of consecutive days off. Injuries as well have been uh, pretty tough for the team. They've got a number of key players out of the lineup. How has this team been able to withstand these injuries? I'm so impressed with the the depth that has stepped up that I think that perhaps maybe we didn't even expect them to to be able to do it the way that they have. Obviously, look, the, the goaltenders, whether it be Connor Halibut, David Riddick, have been a key piece, as they always would be, regardless if you have a healthy lineup or not. But particularly when you look at the latest injuries that have gone down that have just continued to compound everything. No Blake Wheeler out for you know, that, that month-plus range. No Nate Schmidt as well. But you have players that continue to step up. And I think even you know, when earlier, um, a few weeks ago when I was on with you, we talked about injuries and no Nikolai Ehlers and no Mason Appleton, and you had players that were stepping up into roles that perhaps they weren't 
familiar with is sometimes in terms of responsibilities, in terms of ice time, maybe matchups that they don't traditionally get. And you've seen players continue to elevate. But leading the way in times like this, your best players on the ice have to be your best players. And we continue to see Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, have set the tone as well. They've been able to contribute on the score sheet. They've had depth scoring. Um, the players that have come up have played well, and they've continued to be able to get the points. The fact that this this team, I think, has exceeded many people's expectations externally from it. They sit second in the Central Division, but when you look at points percentage, which is my favorite way to look at standings because it's much more accurate given the disparity sometimes in what you see in games played. They have the best points percentage in the Central Division. They have the best points percentage just above Vegas when you look at Western Conference overall. So this is a team that continues to find ways to win and they're not satisfied. As we heard from Rick Bonus after the 5-1 win against Ottawa the other night, 5-1 wins look different in Vancouver than it did in Ottawa, but this team is finding ways to win and at this point in time, I mean, two points are two points. You have a camera in here, I think, a direct feed, because I just wrote down as you were talking, Dubois, Shifley, Connor, Hellebuck, <laughs> and Morrissey, you know, they've managed to stay healthy, and you mentioned your best players being your best players. It's so critical. But, Sarah, you also mentioned the doubt that surrounded this team coming in, that, that people were raising eyebrows and saying, you didn't change your roster very much. But the coach did change, and Josh Morrissey seems to have been uh, one of the genuine benefactors of that, that that challenge that Rick Bonus seems to have given him, not only uh, the benefit of challenging him to get into the play, but challenge him to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. It's really something to witness. Absolutely it is. And you're right. I mean, there was a lot of um, questions. There was be honest, there was a lot of criticism, I think, as well over the fact that the Jets did not do much in the offseason in terms of changing their roster for it, but they did bring in Rick Bonus. And Kevin Shevelday said at the time that this was a, such a significant move for them. But I don't think that anybody um, could have anticipated perhaps such a change that Rick was able to make in such a short period of time. And I would have to think that he's in, you know, if you were to look at coaches that have to be considered for Jack Adams consideration right now, um, Rick Bonus certainly has to be in them. But the job that he has done with, um, in some ways, freeing up Josh Morrissey, and credit to Josh, who continues to um, work and evolve his game as well, obviously, but we've seen Morrissey set career high already in assists and points. He's got 38 points in 32 games. He's halfway to his career high in goals already. So he has certainly benefited from and just the confidence that he has. And it was um, in a game against when Vegas was in town the morning of Rick had spoken about Josh and how he had had a conversation at one point with Josh about how when Rick was coaching the Dallas Stars, it was they would pre-scout Josh and he wanted Josh to get back to that where he was such a dominant force on the ice. But now we see that offensive flair that we know his game had from earlier on in his career and his junior career, but we hadn't seen in the NHL. And now he's got that freedom to be able to do it. And I just think you continue to see the confidence in Morrissey grow. And he's on, he and Kyle Connor right now, both on 10 game point streaks. And I think at this point, every time you see, a game go by and you see that 44 either has an assist or has a goal, 
it's of no surprise. You go, of course he does for it. I think there's only been five games this season where he hasn't had a point. So um, to be able to see him get out there, there's a reason why, you know, people only half jokingly uh, refer to him now as Josh Norrissey around these parts for it, because he's certainly, he's, he's made an impact not only here, but I think continuing to raise eyebrows across the NHL. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the time, the insight, the analysis. and um, <laughs> I can't feel my face is going to be a good line. <laughs> Excellent story, Sarah. Thanks, and happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you and to all the listeners as well. Sarah Orleski from Jets TV joining us live on 680 CJOB. She's right. If you are not like used to caffeine, I've only had, I think I had a Red Bull once, mm-hmm. never again. It just made me shake. Oh, I remember waking up in the middle. I think I did, you know, when you go to Thailand and on the beaches, it, the big thing was Red Bull and, and other things like vodka. So I shouldn't imply there was anything else. It was Red Bull and vodka. It was super popular. They'd serve it in buckets and you would wake up in the middle of the night, your heart just like, like you just thought, oh my gosh, this is where it's all going to go down from a legal beverage. Nothing illegal even went on. You're supposed to sleep off, you know, hang over. But uh, it's impossible to do when you have Red Bull Ugh, and vodka. I You're hate just it. Wide, wide awake. It's like I'm going through all the stages right now. Wide <laughs> awake. Why am I doing this?